Somebody shout this morning, hallelujah. Come on, he's good this morning. Come on, sing it out. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures Come on, everyone, sing it out. Say, the Lord is good. you, Jesus. God, our function, God, was to know you, to be known by you, God. And Lord, today we worship you, God. Come on, before we go to the next song, come on, our function was to worship him. Come on, this morning, do what you were made to do. Come on, just raise our hands with me in this place. Come on, raise your hands in this place with me. Come on, Lord, we praise you this morning. 
God, we want to worship you in spirit and in truth, God. And what that means is that it's not about us, God, but it's about you, Lord. It's about focusing on who you are, Jesus. God, we praise your name, God. Come on, somebody just praise it. Come on, somebody just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for life, God. Thank you, Lord, for air that we breathe, God. Thank you, God, that we can come into this place and worship you. God, fill this place with thanksgiving, Jesus. Wake us up this morning from our sleep, from our slumber. God, we were made to praise you, God. In the name of Jesus, God, let our spirits awaken this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you walked into a worship service. Come on, we're called Metro Praise. Come on, we're going to praise him this morning. Have your way in this place, God. Jesus, consume us with your fire, God.
we'll just close our eyes and say that again. Come on, tell him, tell Jesus this morning, I want to fall more in love with you. refreshed and renewed. Come up for prayer right now as we have the people lined up here for prayer. Come up. If you are in need, you want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, come up right now for either one of these things, for salvation, forgiveness of sin, a blessing over you, over your family, over your home, or a fresh fire, an awakening of the Spirit. Come up for these prayers right now. We have people that are ready, who are eager, who are willing to pray for you right now. Spirit, all I need. 
you're moving in this place, God. Come on, you're moving in this place, Jesus. Come on, you're meeting every need, God. You're touching hearts in this place, Jesus. Come on, we got to give you room, Lord. We got to give you space this morning. Come on, get yourself out of the way. Come on and let him come. Jesus. Holy Ghost, we get out of the picture, God. We want to see you. We want to see you, God. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, move in this place, God. Jesus. Come on, bring freedom, Jesus. Come on, healing for your body this morning. Come on, healing for your body this morning. Come on, Holy Ghost, touch bodies in this place, God. Healing, Holy Ghost, God, come. Consuming fire, Jesus. Consume bodies in this place. That you would touch, Lord. Touch, oh God. By your stripes we have been healed, Lord. Come on, church. Come on, press in this morning. Come on, press in this morning with me. Come on, Jesus. We've come for you this morning, God. Come on, we've come to meet with you, God. We've come to meet with you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. All I need is you. All I need is you. All I need is you. that we would all just stand if we can right now. This is the first Sunday of the month. Those at the altars praying. Let us keep praying for you. But we're going to ask that you would just kind of move to the side. So prayer workers, move them to the side if you could, please. Just keep praying, but move to the side. We're going to ask that our communion workers would get ready today. We're going to receive communion today. We're going to meditate upon the cross of Jesus Christ. So right now, would you just close your eyes and use your imagination for something holy today? Come on, let's not think about winning the lottery. Oh, what would it be like to be at the beaches of Miami today? Let's not use our imagination for those things. The Bible says we take communion in remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross for us. 
Sometimes we hear the story so many times that it becomes numb. So just close your eyes and I want you to think about this. God became man, born in a manger to save us. Just let that sink into your spirit today. When you've ever felt alone, when you've ever felt abandoned, when you've ever felt that nobody cared, Jesus came in the flesh for you. The Bible says he wasn't esteemed as a king, though all the kingdoms in the world could not compare to his kingdom of heaven. There was no room for him. In the end, he was born in a manger. And there, the Bible says, a wicked king tried to actually kill him. And because of that, he had to run away to Egypt. You don't think Jesus can relate to a troubled childhood? Imagine every baby you know at your age being killed, and you have to run away. That's what Jesus went through as a child. Then the Bible says he grew up. We don't know much about his childhood. We just know that he pleased the Father and he was obedient to his parents. Then one day the Bible says when he was at the age to be bar mitzvah, to be allowed to attend services at the synagogue, he went to Jerusalem. And there he began to talk to the best of the best, the scholars, the theologians. And even to the point where his mom and dad left and he had not left and they left without him and they came back looking for him. And he said, you should have known I would be about my father's business. He grew up loving the things of his father. And the Bible says he started his ministry. He was baptized in the Jordan by John the Baptist, his cousin who was a prophetic voice preparing his way, preparing his coming. And the Bible then says he started his ministry by making disciples. And within a few months of him making disciples, the religious leaders got angry and jealous, and they began to persecute him. One time the Bible says they actually tried to push him off of a cliff. But yet he kept reaching out to the prostitutes. He kept reaching out to Samaritans, different races. He kept crossing cultural barriers. And the Bible said that he did great miracles. Can you imagine that? Just with your eyes closed. Come on, could you imagine coming to Jesus with a sickness and watching him heal you? Could you imagine demons being cast out? The one who created the world, came into his own creation and served it. But yet, the creation began to reject him. One of his closest companions, Judas, betrayed him and told the Jewish leaders when they could get Jesus in private so that Jesus' crowds would not revolt against them arresting him. Judas gave up where the prayer meeting was. And the Jewish leaders with Roman soldiers, because the Jews themselves could not inflict the death penalty, they compromised with the wicked government because of their jealousy. And they went in the middle of the night to Jesus' prayer meeting. 
and they arrested him. The Bible says his disciples fled from him. He then was brought before the Jewish leaders, the ones that had been set apart as holy people from the time of Abraham, the Jewish people, their Messiah stood there in front of them, and instead of worshiping him as others had done, even of less report like prostitutes had worshipped him, these Jewish leaders, his very own, began to mock him and lie about him. And they began to slap him publicly. Could you imagine being slapped publicly? In front of this congregation being slapped, he began to be slapped by his own people who were supposed to be religious people. They then, in their own courts, condemned him to death. But since they couldn't inflict that death penalty, they sent him to a Roman judge. And there, as Jesus was waiting to be tried because it was the middle of the night, these Roman soldiers tied Jesus up. They stripped him of his clothes. They blindfolded him and began to punch him in the face and say, if you're a prophet, tell us who punched you. They began to spit upon him. They took thorns of a thorn bush and made a crown of thorns and pressed it onto his brow and continued to spit and mock on him, mock him. It even came to a point where the Bible says they pulled out his beard. And then in the morning he stood judgment. And he didn't even try to defend himself. And the man said, I don't know what to do with you. Send him to Pontius Pilate, the leader of that area. And by the time he came to Pontius Pilate, he had been up all night. He had been stripped naked. He was wearing clothes that weren't his own, being mocked as a king, crown of thorns upon his head, pieces of his face missing, being punched and spit upon throughout the night, sleeping and trying to lay in the dirt. And then they brought him before The governor's palace, could you imagine this? And there the Jews came and said, we want him to be killed. And the Roman soldiers and the leaders said, there is a a, a time once a year during your festival, during Passover, that we set one of your prisoners free. Do you want Jesus to be set free? Or do you want this man Barabbas to be set free? And Barabbas was a known thief and criminal. And they put Jesus before his own Jewish people at a festival, probably naked in those clothes with the crown of thorns beaten and bloodied. They put him before his own people and said, do you want him to be free? Or do you want this thief to be free? And they all shouted, set Barabbas free. Set Barabbas free. And then Pontius Pilate said, But what about him? And they shouted, crucify him. Crucifixion was the most extreme punishment a Roman could give to his own enemies. Here the Son of God was going to suffer the disgrace of an enemy. Though he had done nothing wrong. He thought that if he just beat him, that they might let him go. So he gave him the scourging of 39 lashes. Roman soldiers who were trained to torture for a living who were trained to torture criminals, had in their hands a whip that had multiple little whips coming out of it with broken glass and stone in those little pieces of whip. And so when they whipped a person one time, there became nine different types of lashes on the body. And when they would pull back the whip, it would rip out the flesh in which it had dug into. 
Generally, a person was either just crucified or just scourged. So then they scourged him, hoping that that would be all the Jews would want. They scourged him on his chest, on his back, on his thighs. They say that by the time a person was scourged, Bones were exposed in the rib cages and upon the arms. Organs could be coming out from the stomach and the, the bones of the legs and the muscles and tendons would be exposed and ripped to shred like ribbons. And yet the Jews didn't let up. They said, crucify him. They gave him what would be like a railroad tie in our days. 110 pound wooden beam set it upon his back. And commanded him to carry a cross when he had been up all night, whipped and bloodied and beaten. And there he went up that cross. And the Bible says he saw his mother and some of the women, even the prostitute that he had healed and set free, begin to cry and weep for him. But he looked over at those women and he said, don't cry for me, cry for this generation. And then they took him to that place called the Skull. Golgotha, or known as Calvary in our language. And they took him there, and with other thieves, they put spikes into his wrists and through his feet and hung him in front of a city, bloodied, disfigured. And there the Bible says they began to curse at him. If you're the Son of God, call down angels to save yourself. They put a mocking headstone above his cross, king of the Jews. Then people walked by and spit at him and said, If you were a king, your, your kingdom would save you. And there Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And there was thieves on the side of him, and they even began to curse at him. They began to mock him. But then one of them got struck with the fear of God and said, I deserve to be here, but this man is innocent. And he looked over to Jesus and he said, Jesus, when you come to your kingdom, will you remember me? And Jesus said to that man on the cross today, you'll be with me in paradise. Even in the midst of Jesus' struggle, he still had his heart on other people. And then as if the physical torment and torture wasn't enough, Jesus suffered what no man could physically suffer. Up until that point, people could go through such a beating. But then in a spiritual sense, he suffered in a way no one can imagine. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the sky turned pitch black. It was a sign to him that his father, who he had been with for eternity was now turning his back on his own son. He cried out in his own language, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And for you to understand what was going on there, Isaiah 53, the prophecy a thousand years prior, was being fulfilled. The Father placed upon Jesus all of the sins of mankind, all of the rape, all of the murder, all of the lying, all of the sexual perversion, all of the thievery, all the rebellion, the blasphemy. It was set upon Jesus' spirit as the scapegoat 
All the sorrows of the world, every person that's been abused, every tear that's been cried from losing a lost loved one, every person that has suffered in life and has wept in the midnight hour was placed upon him. And then all of the sickness from AIDS to syphilis and gonorrhea, sexually transmitted diseases and cancer, every broken bone, every limb that would ever be broken in life was placed upon him. In the Spirit, Jesus took on the sins, the sorrows, and sicknesses of this world because of what Adam and Eve had done in rejecting God. The evil of this world was placed upon Jesus' soul, and His own Father turned His back on Him, and Jesus suffered there alone. And in those last dying moments, as blood was filling His lungs, as his body was losing oxygen, and as this world was becoming dim, he breathed out his last breath and said, it is finished. My friends, that's the cross. That's not that cute thing you have around your neck today. That's the cross that was gruesome and bloody and shameful. And something that we would never want to see even our worst enemy go through. Yet the Son of the living God went through it for you and I. But yet it didn't stop there. The Bible says that with that sin, sorrow, and sickness, as his body laid on the cross, his soul went into Hades where the devil was where the thief had come and brought all of that to the world. The Bible says that he defeated the devil there. He took all of the authority that Satan had had to bring sorrows and sicknesses and sins to the world. The Bible then says that he, tra- he went to heaven in a train of glory with the souls that had been waiting for him in paradise. And he presented them to his father as the first fruits of salvation. Moses and Abraham and all those who were waiting to be brought to heaven at that moment came in the train of his glory presented before the father. And there he brought his blood as the offering and sin was forgiven. Once and for all, sorrows were taken away once and for all. Sicknesses were healed once and for all. Then on the third day, he appeared back in his body, raised from the dead, and told his disciples, it is finished. All authority in heaven and on earth is mine. Go into all the world and make disciples. Preach to them, heal them, cast out the devils, and I'll be back to meet you in the end. My friends, before he did all of that at a last supper, he took the bread, he took the wine, and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Welcome to Metro Praise this morning, where we take communion in remembrance of Jesus, the Son of the living God. We love you, Jesus. Now just turn your attention to him. We love you. We remember you. We'll tell the story as long as there's breath in our lungs. We will not forget. We will not forget the reason for the season in the midst of all of this glitter, in the midst of all of these ornaments. Oh, God will not forget why you came to this world. It was to die for a sinner like me. It was to heal the brokenhearted, to heal the sick and raise the dead. 
Come on, turn your eyes to them right now. Come on, tell them thank you. Gracias, Señor, for the cross, for la cruz. Come on, tell them thank you. Thank you. We set our eyes on Jesus. We set our eyes on Jesus. Come on, today, before you take the, the symbols of what he did, do it for real in your heart right now. If there's anything you want to tell them, tell them it right now. If there's anything you've got to make right in your heart, make it right right now. Come on, a few more minutes, you and Jesus. Come on. You and Jesus, thank you, Lord. We remember you today. We take this seriously, Father God. This to us is everything. This is our salvation. This is why we're here today, Father God. I'm going to pray for the elements today after I pray the way we do it at Metro Praise. is very simple, but it's special. After I pray and bless what we have here today, we're going to invite you, the ushers are going to invite you to come in an orderly way to receive these elements, the grape juice and the bread, and then we ask you to find a place to pray and take it by yourself. Find a place to remember what the cross means to you. If you're with your family, husband, wife, children, take it together. Say something in gratitude back to God today. We're not in a hurry. We're remembering the most important person and the most important act of all of human history. Lord, we bless this way for today that represents your body. We pray, God, that as we take it today, we we remember that your flesh, God, was torn apart for us. That you suffered, God, so that we might be whole. So that we might have healing today. Father, we just lift up to you the grape juice, the Lord, that represents your blood. That washes whiter than snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We thank you today that there's forgiveness for all of our sins that you wash us clean. And today, Lord, not only do we confess our weaknesses and our sins, but we come to you and ask not to sin again, that we would not take the blood in vain, that we would not waste it, that we would be changed on the inside because of what you did. Bless this time of communion in Jesus' name. And everybody said, can you bless the Lord right now? Amen. Ushers, would you lead them to come? Let's sing some songs about Jesus and let's receive communion today.
it cost. as the music plays, I'm going to give you about 30 more seconds. If you're already done, just keep thanking Him right now. Because then in just a few moments, we're going to give God a great big standing ovation. We're going to bless Him in just a few moments. Come on. Just focus on the work of the cross. Paul says that the cross was death unto Him, but life in Christ. Old things pass away. You don't have to wait till a New Year's resolution today. Right now, come on. Come on, 15 more seconds. What does the cross mean to you? You might not be saved. You might be a visitor. You might think the cross was just what I wore around my neck. Come on, let God change that right now for you. Come on, on the count of three, we're going to give God the best standing ovation that we can. One, because God deserves all the glory and the praise. Two, are you ready to stand to your feet and give Him glory? One, two, three. Hallelujah! We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just praise Him. Jesus is Lord.